Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 136. We're going to talk about presenting a unified message to the players on our team and uh, different places where that can get distracted or off track if we're not being careful. But before we get into that topic, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And then please, if you're in a position where you can, become a patron. Patreon.com slash everything fast pitch is where you would go to sign up. There's three different levels of monthly support. Coach Don and I are really fortunate. We've got a great group of patrons that have been supporting us for a while. We would love to add to that group. So if you're in a position where you can, if you see value in what we're doing, there's three different levels of support, and it goes a long way towards helping us keep this operation moving forward to keep the uh, podcast growing and growing. And, And Coach Don and I really do appreciate the support that we've had. We are doing our Pinnacle Power Butter giveaway for our patrons and uh, Jackie Galloway was the uh, winner of this week's Pinnacle Power Butter giveaway. And if you're looking for a little bit of extra motivation to become a patron, think about going to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. So Don, presenting a unified message to a player, I think is, is a very important thing and something that we need to be thinking about because I think there's a couple of classic places where this gets sidetracked. Number one is a player who is also working with a private instructor and sometimes the instructor and the coach are not on the same page. The other area where I think it happens, and I think this happens a lot more often than people really want to admit sometimes, is the head coach and the assistant coaches within the team are uh, on a different page. And even probably the biggest and most difficult one is when the coaches and the parents are on a different page. So we've got three different classic places where We can confuse the heck out of a player, take something that's already a very difficult skill like hitting or pitching, or really just about anything in playing this game, because none none of playing softball is easy, and take something that's already pretty complicated and making it a lot more difficult, a lot more complicated for the players. Let's talk first about how do we handle it when the coach and a private instructor are on a different page? What are your thoughts? This is a really good topic, Tori, because I've had some students almost in tears They've heard it, even if it's being said in a different way, uh, it could be the exact same message. But if they're hearing it with different terminology, they get confused, they get uh, upset because the skill itself, like you said, is so challenging and tough that when they're working, you know, even in a training setting, their consistency is not always what they feel is a successful workout. And then they get frustrated and it's tough. And then they look and they say, well, it's different today than when I was at regular practice. And, you know, often it's uh, just terminology. Sometimes it's a difference in technique or approach. And, you know, when I sit down and talk with students about it, it's to me most important that um, we decide what techniques or what philosophies or what guidelines we're going to use going forward. 
and what's going to be most productive for them. But then we stick to it. And then it's about communicating with the travel ball coach about um, how or why. I like to talk through why we would do things a certain way. Right. We might have, at the younger levels, people having a hard time with outside pitches. And the easiest thing to do is, well, get in closer to the plate, get in closer to the plate. And, and then in their head, they're like, well, I'm going to get jammed if somebody throws inside. So their first movement is stepping towards third base for a right-handed hitter. Right. And, you know, but is that going to be the best long-term approach for this hitter? And my thought would be no. You know, a better approach is to, you know, have a little distance off the plate, a shoe length off the plate, and to lead in is going to – and learn how to be patient and contact an outside pitch deeper in the strike zone. But to talk through this stuff, I think, is huge. And for us to use the parents as kind of that communicator or middle person for us between the coaches, because we don't always have access to – you know, all the travel coaches, it's great when they're involved enough to come and, and visit is great. You know, we can talk about these things, but to agree as the adults in the situation that common approach is going to be most beneficial to the kids, whoever, you know, whichever approach it is that we end up choosing, right. I think is really kind of the, the main goal. Yeah, well, I know uh, I deal with this uh, not on a, on a constant basis, but every once in a while where a player will come back and say, well, my coach said I should do this instead, or my coach said I should do that. And one of the things that I'm noticing when that happens is it's, as you said, Don, it's usually something kind of superficial, sort of like a, you know, I always call it like the Band-Aid approach quick, to a quick, a fix. quick fix. Yeah. Um, and so, like you said, you know, they're getting jammed, so they move, you know, say, well, I think you should move further off the plate, or you know, they're not hitting the outside pitch very well, so I think you should move closer to the plate, or whatever it is. And unfortunately, uh, those short-term fixes, those short-term solutions, almost always the trade-off is that it creates some sort of other problem, chain of events. Uh, some sort of other yeah. issue on down the road. And so one of the things that I talk to you know, all my players about is that you know, there's no absolutely right way to do anything in this game. But there are things that you notice that really good hitters almost all do. And really good pitchers almost all do. And if we start off from a, an understanding of these things are really important, if we emphasize those things first and foremost, a lot of times we can solve some of those other issues. The one thing I tell kids all the time is, well, if you just hit the ball better, we don't have to worry. Your coach is going to be happy. Sure. Right? But it's when they struggle a little bit or they're not having a, a, a productive game or productive weekend that that's when the coach's wheel starts spinning and think of, well, I need more production out of Sally, and so if I tell Sally to do this or I tell Sally to do that and it helps us win today, that's all that, that I'm really thinking about. And so I think that, you know, that, that whole long-term versus the short-term, big-picture versus instant results today, kind, yeah. kind of uh, understanding is, is important. You know, but I've told players this, and you know, I guess I kind of hate to admit it because I've been on the other side of the equation, that sometimes you have to just shake your head, nod your head, and say that sure. you're... Be respectful. You know, you're respectfully listening, yep. but not probably going to do some of the stuff that's being suggested. And I know that's a little bit disrespectful, but if if it's something that uh, just doesn't make sense or is going to lead to a bigger problem on down the road, then I think that it's it's important for players to be aware of. And um, at the end of the day, it's really their swing, it's their game, it's their uh, performance yeah. that uh, that's at stake. So we want them to be on the same page. And the other thing that I think it does, though, is depending upon the instructor and the coaches, it might open up lines of communication so that maybe we're understanding each other better. Have one very talented younger player that her coach will give her feedback, give her cues, 
and some of what she's saying, the things that the coach is seeing, I don't think are really the problem. But what the coach is seeing are indicators of things that we can work on in lessons to try to maybe resolve something or to make something a little bit stronger, make something a little bit better. At the end of the day, it's also important, though, that we're, I guess, evaluating from a, a perspective of, am I on top of things? Am I you know, really paying attention? Am I still teaching the same stuff I taught 25 years ago and thinking that it's just as correct today as it was then? Or am I paying attention and, and updating and listening and watching what's going on to make sure that I'm aware of the newest, best ideas? Because there's a lot of things that I think of when I first started teaching hitting, you know, started working with some of those you know, very first players back at Parkside, and I, I just shake my head and go, how could I have been so stupid to think that was a good idea? But they now were some, awfully good, but, too. But yeah. some of those kids yeah. were just talented enough that I could, you know, try to teach them something stupid, and they were still good enough to, you know, to, to make it work. I always wonder if I, if I knew them, then what I know now, how, you know, how much more could they have accomplished? But I think it's a, it's a good gut check moment for us as instructors and to be thinking about, am I really on top of things in, in my instruction? And then I always offer you know, to be more than happy to talk to a coach if a coach has got some ideas. Um, you know, I've always you know given you know every one of the kids that I work with you know permission. You can give your coach my number. You can give me your coach's number. You know, and I've had some conversations over the years. Some of them have been contentious. Some of them have been productive. Some of them have been a little bit of both. But at the end of the day, what's best for the player is really the only thing that that motivates us. That really matters. Um, yeah, and it should be the only thing that motivates their coaches. And so it shouldn't turn into some sort of a uncomfortable yucky yeah, thing. Uh, some sort yeah. of a contest between coach and instructor to see who knows more or who's right or who's wrong yeah it should be well you know what's best for sally to make sally the best hitter she can possibly be you know we all just have to get on the same page but once we understand what's going on i think it all does come back to you know, a consistent message and a player only having to focus on doing a handful of things right instead of worrying about not doing a whole bunch of things wrong and the more coaches they have, the more people that they have in their ear, the more things are on the list of don't do this wrong, don't do that wrong. And as soon as we get into the don't business, we know we're in big trouble. No, I know. And and you know what? Everybody that gives feedback to any of these athletes, Tori, they're genuinely trying to help. Oh, yeah. It might be the neighbor next door that played minor league baseball. It might be, you know, somebody that played competitive fast pitch when they were young. It might be, you know, the baseball dad that doing his best to come back and create a great team for his daughter to be a part of and then the instructor and then the college camp and then the yeah. you know all these people are genuinely trying to help but if you're a, a 10 11 15 year old softball athlete and you're hearing something different every day you go to do the exact same thing it's pretty confusing it's yeah. tough well and one of the things that i've had this discussion a handful of times that one of the parents who really sure that i know what i'm doing that really are confident in my my knowledge and my ability as an as an instructor will say something like, well, I'm nervous about her going to this camp because, you know, they might try to teach her something different or might, you know, might try to show her yeah. something that's different. And I said, well, you don't need to be nervous about it. She's a smart kid. They might have something that's going to help her that's different than something I'm doing or saying or whatever. So, you know, I think we always need to be open-minded to anything that's going to help the players get better, but it's not supposed to be some sort of a right versus wrong, my way or, or their way kind of equation. It's supposed to be the best way for this player. And consistent is... Right. Yeah. And consistent is really important. All right. So the second one is coaches within the same staff preaching different messages. Tori, this one's the huge one. And this is where I like when uh, when we have team settings or group settings, 
just to kind of inspire the concept of them all getting together to talk about whether it's the descriptive words that they use, um, whether it's uh, where bat angles should be and, and how long the strides should be and things like that. If they can be consistent in their message, their practices are going to be so much more productive. The kids' minds are going to be at ease. They're not going to be so worried about what this coach asked me to do last day was a little different than the other one. And I want to make sure that I do it the way they wanted. And they're more conscientious about whose philosophy is a little different than the other so that they can appease whatever station that coach is working at to please whoever they're working with. We need for those uh, coaches to be on the same page, to have the same approach, whether it's a blend of all of their right. um, ideas or, you know, whatever it might be, we need to be consistent for the kids. Right. Yeah. And and if we have coaches that have different ideas or concepts or things that they want to bring to the table, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not but, who's right or who's right, wrong. But that should yeah. be happening before we set up practice that day. Yeah. If I'm teaching one thing and you're my assistant coach and you want to teach something different, you and I need to talk this through beforehand. So that when we get to practice that day, we're both preaching the same message. We pick one. Now, now you might change something in my opinion. I might change something in your opinion. We might come to some sort of a middle ground between us. It's what we're both most comfortable with. But if it's, uh, I wouldn't teach it this way, but, or I know Coach Don said do it this way, but I think you should do it this way instead. We're going to drive these poor kids to the level of insanity. And how comfortable and confident are they going to be in what we're giving them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, which coach are they going to listen to and which coach is going to be the right one? We don't want them to have to be worrying about that. We want them to be thinking about putting the plan in place, following that plan, doing everything they can to have as much success and as much fun as they possibly can. So coaches, we definitely need to make sure that that's a across the staff, everybody's on the same page, everybody's working towards the same goals, or we need to make uh, staff adjustments. If, if we have coaches that can't get on the same page, then we can't all be on the same team. So, yeah, and it it could be simple things like launch and load and first movement and, you know, all these different negative movement. Try and get consistent in in the verbiage, right? Because that will ease the kid's mind so much. Even even if there's a little variation in each of the kid's approach, just having consistency in the verbiage, I think. Absolute bottom line is we're not trying to create some sort of cookie-cutter system where every player looks exactly the same because that's not going to be realistic. And honestly, you know, one of the things I was always proudest of with some of my best hitting teams is that you would have never thought anybody was preaching the exact same message across the team because there was so much variation within that concept that allowed each player to find their pieces of that. And, that, and again, it comes back to what I said earlier, that if there's four or five things that every great hitter does, do those four or five things the same every single swing. But you've got a little bit different stance. You stay a little bit further away from the plate than I do. I move a little bit further up in the box. I hold my hands a little bit higher than you do. My stance is a little bit wider than yours. All those things are just window dressing to the five or six have two things that really good hitters do. And if they're doing those five or six things, they could do a lot of other things that might look really counterproductive. You know, some of the greatest hitters of all time look are drastically unique. different. Yeah. You know, if you if you watch a Ted Williams video now and you just shake your head thinking well nobody would teach them to do that well but if you put ted williams back in his you know 24 year old body and put him out there against major league pitchers today he would still be a great hitter even though he would look way different than the current major leaguers because he did the four or five really important things that the great hitters are still doing today and he also did it the same over and over Over and over over thousands and thousands of swings after on top of each other okay and then the last one is 
whether it's the coach or the instructor versus the parent. And again, you know, as you said earlier, Don, I think you know the thing that we always have to keep in mind is that everybody's motivation is what's going to help this player be the most successful. Now, obviously, the parents are a little bit more personally invested in their own child doing well. Getting in the car after the tournament's over, telling your kid that what your coach is teaching them is wrong, what your instructor's teaching them is wrong, is just kind of crazy to me. That can be tough. And again, mom and dad are such a huge player in that whole scenario because they have that first and last access to their mindset, right? We get them in between, but how they start the day off before the tournament or how they start the day off before they come and work out at a practice session kind of sets the table. And if we can get mom and dad on board with whatever it is that we feel they need to make improvements on, then I think that we've got some magic happening. Right. Well, one of the things that uh, I started doing this right from the very beginning, when I'm giving lessons, I don't spend time talking to the parents. I spend all my time talking to the kids. But now the setup that we have allows the parents to hear everything that we're talking about. They can, you know, they're five feet away. I think that's so, good, yeah. So, so they can hear every correction I make, every point of emphasis, everything I say. So they should be aware enough and, and, and hearing enough to be able to build on what we're saying and, be on and, the same and echo the same, yep. uh, same message. Thing that I've never understood, and I never will understand it if I live to be you know, 160, why are we paying an instructor and then undermining them? Why are we paying for our kid to be on a team and then undermining it? Why are we selecting a team when we've got dozens and dozens of choices for our kid to play on, for the coaches that you know, we want our, our kid to play for, and then getting in the car saying, well, your coach is an idiot. Well, your coach doesn't know anything about hitting. Well, your coach... I, I, some things up. I, I, I yeah. can't, I, I just can't comprehend that very well. And again, I know some of it's frustration. Some of it's when we had a bad day or we had a bad weekend or whatever it is. The whole thing about this, you know, consistent message and, and understanding the big picture is a really important thing. You know, one of the things that I always ask how somebody did, like last weekend, or somebody, if somebody comes into to a lesson with me Monday or Tuesday or this week, you know, so, so how'd you do this last weekend? You know, how'd you, you know, how'd you swing? You know, they always want to say, well, I was, you know, six for 13 and I had a double. And I said, oh no, you know, I, I don't really care about what your stats were. So how did you hit? And then they're kind of, well, I was, I was six for, no, no, no. How did you hit? Did you swing the bat? Well, did you feel confident? Did you feel like you were taking the same swing on game day that you're taking in here? You know, did the pressure of the game change what you were doing? Did you lose your focus or lose your mindset, you know, because of the pressure of playing in the game? And they all keep wanting to come back to, well, I hit 500 this weekend. I, and I'm like, well, you know, that's great, but, I don't, you know, your batting average is really not that important to me. The average I'm looking for is, are you swinging the bat well 100% of the time? We're getting hard out. Yeah. Or... Are, are you swinging it great all the time? If you're swinging it great all the time, this weekend you might get two hits. Next weekend you might get 20 hits. Yeah. But if you're swinging great all the time, if you're taking the same swing on game day that you're taking in here, if you're swinging with the same aggressive... We know, you know things are going to be okay. Yeah, the, the, yeah. It means you're a good hitter. Yep. And good hitters have weekends when they don't get hit. And hitters have good hitters have weekends when they can't seem to make an out. And there's going to be both. And so we, you know, we, if we're going to drive ourselves crazy worrying about the stats every the time... Number. And that's where I think the parents get caught up in this, you know, this game-changer world that we live in where you know the comparison of how many hits we had, whether it was a hit or an error, whether we got on base 
enough or not. There's some crazy stats now. Yeah, and so all that stuff to me is just kind of a distraction from the, the real message that I'm trying to make sure that the kids get and that I think that the parents are taking away from it. We're in it for the long haul, and the long haul is, can you repeat your swing? Can you take the same swing over and over again no matter what the pressure is? Are you the same hitter when the bases are loaded in the bottom of the seventh inning with a full count as you are the very first at bat of the weekend? And if the answer to that is yes, you are, then we're all going to be happy at the, at the end of the day. Yep. If you're up there a bundle of nerves, scared to death because you don't know whether you can take the same swing two swings in a row because your dad told you one thing, your mom told you something else, your hitting coach told you something else, your third base coach told you one thing, and your first base coach told you something else, that's a pretty big mess for a kid to try to sort out. To manage. And so our goal is to get rid of the mess, let the kids just play ball. No, I love it. And uh, again, these are things that are avoidable, right? Yeah. We, we can work we through to, this. Yeah, stuff. we have to talk through it now. So we're, and all of us need to do a quick little like so analysis. Soon. Where am I on this spectrum? I mean, where, where am I on this, uh, in, in this chain of potential pressure that we're adding to these players' lives? The moral to the story is if any of us are making it harder, whether it's the instructor, the head coach, the assistant coach, the hitting coach, the parent, or the boyfriend, or whoever it is, that person's the, you know, part of the problem, not part of the solution. We need to start figuring some of that out. That's where all this stuff is so much fun, Tori, because we, uh, we, we bring it up in our, uh, in our podcast, and then they get to run with it, right? Yeah, so, so here's plenty for you to think about. So yeah. we want to make sure we get everybody on the same page so the players can just go out there and play ball. Confidently. Confidently. And if yep. we can do that, I think we're all going to be a whole lot happier at the end of the weekend. So, Don, that's going to wrap up number 136. For all of our listeners, please make sure you check out the fastpitchprep.com website. Uh, go there and order your Square Cuts training disc. Um, as always, make sure you support Anderson Bat Company and patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. If you can become a patron, we would love for you to do so. And again, that fastpitchprep.com website to order your Square Cuts training disc and also have access to the blogs, the YouTube channel, and a ton of other information. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.